morning. Good morning. I'll try that again. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to October as well. Welcome to World Communion Sunday, where we'll be celebrating later in the service by breaking breads from all around the world. I'm making note that... How many people are in here? One people. Once one person said not enough, <laughs> then the other gave the biblical answer. One person. One people. We are one, and we are joining with the church, capital C, around the world to break bread together. What an awesome truth. Amen? We have a lot happening in this service, so I'm going to get to it. We'll make sure that you stick around afterwards. Um, buy some soup in a jar. It's not what you mean, uh, not what you think it means. Uh, like the ingredients are in a jar from women's ministry. And also, I think there's cookies and scones and stuff in a jar. Like you just pour it in there and it makes it. That's kind of nice. And then um, anything else I need to announce before a call to worship? I don't think so. There's more stuff in your bulletin. If you need to know what's going on around here, please stand for this morning's call to worship, which comes from Psalm 37. And I'm going to be reading verses 3 through 5 out of the Passion Translation. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your, eye, fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land, feasting, on his faithfulness. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. Let's worship the Lord.
I will invite Carlina up here. Well, perfect. Well, she's right there. Good morning. So this morning we are kicking off Operation Christmas Child for 2022. And to get started, I'd like to show a brief video. Let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Operation Christmas Child is a way for the little children to come to Almighty God. That is the best gift of all, is becoming part of God's family. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus, children are being discipled, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. These children are brave and bold, not afraid, and they're not ashamed of the gospel. They're trained and equipped to go out and share their faith with others. And many times in areas where it's an unreached people group, the Bible tells us the time is now. Let them come, Jesus said, let them come. And they're coming. They're coming by the millions. Every single box represents the life of a young boy, a young girl, who will be touched by the gospel. Jesus has come to give them light, that they do not need to be in the darkness, that they have hope, that they have joy. And it is our prayer that this glorious light of the gospel will flow among the nations and will fill our land with the knowledge of the glory of God. The Lord God Almighty desires to fulfill His redemptive plan for mankind in and through each of us and all of us. All of us are children of God. We share this incredible opportunity to take the gospel truly to the ends of the earth by gathering children to Jesus. I believe this year for Operation Christmas Child, this may be the most important year, most important opportunity that we'll ever have to reach children in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray that God will use these shoebox gifts to make a difference in the children's life for eternity. Wasn't that a great video? Um, the, <laughs> uh, the one thing I really love about the video is not just the, the joy and excitement of the children, but did you see some of the kids were wearing graduation caps and gowns? And that's because um, every shoebox recipient is invited to participate in the Greatest Journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program that comes after the shoebox. And it's really the, the point of the ministry. It's not just about giving the children, you know, toys and other little things. It's, it's really about multiplication, evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. So when these kids go through this program, and I have a little bit of information about it uh, out in the narthex, um, <clears throat> it's really about... Um, growing their faith, and then they, they tell their parents about it, and their grandparents, and their neighbors, and then uh, churches have, have sprung up from just one shoebox being delivered to a, to a village or a community. So that's really what this is about. It's about making disciples of, of children around the world. 
Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, this year in particular is really important because shoeboxes go to Ukraine. Uh, shoeboxes have actually gone to the Ukraine since 1996, and just this year alone, even with all the fighting, uh, 400,000 shoeboxes have been delivered to the Ukrainian children this year. So I can't guarantee that shoeboxes that we pack will, will arrive there, but definitely shoeboxes are going to that part of the world, and they're, they're needed more than ever um, because of what's going on over there. Um, today, uh, after service, we're having a packing party in the fellowship hall. Uh, we've been collecting items all year, such as, you know, hairbrushes and bars of soap and small toys. So we're going to be um, packing shoeboxes today. So please join us if you'd like to pack a shoebox. Or we also have empty shoeboxes out in the narthex if you want to take one and go pack one yourself. Dollar Tree, 99 cent stores are really great places to shop and uh, get some good, good deals. Um, and if you decide not to pack a shoebox, you can always, we accept money too. If you want to give us cash checks, uh, we will use the funds for, um, for paying for the shoeboxes, for the shipping and handling, or we go to Dollar Tree ourselves and do a run and we'll pack some more shoeboxes with, with any donations that are given. And speaking of the shipping and handling, um, it used to be $9 per shoebox was a suggested donation, and it's gone up to $10 this year. So it's gone up a dollar, but it's for a good, a good reason. Um, and then finally, uh, we, uh, PCC is going to serve as a drop-off location again this year in November. This is our seventh year in a row as a drop-off, which means um, from November 14th through November 21st, uh, we will be collecting or accepting shoeboxes from the community at large. Any and everyone who has a shoebox, whether they're in Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, wherever, can come drop off their shoeboxes. And then we will pack them into cartons and then uh, take them up to um, a central drop-off location in Huntington Beach. So next uh, Sunday, I'll have some sign-up sheets if you'd like to participate or join us that week. That'd be great. You don't have to do any heavy lifting. There's a variety of roles. You can pray over shoeboxes, greet people as they come in. So there's all sorts of different ways that you can serve during that week. So um, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, as always, for your support and your generosity. And I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to this, this season. I think it's going to be a good one. Thank you. Thank you, Carlina. I believe we have a children's message. Is that correct? Perfect. Walden, send your students and children forward, please. Nothing like having perfect vision. Anyway, good morning, everybody. Uh... I was looking up a little bit about our American history this week and how much the Christian faith means to us through our American history. I think a perfect example is that the Civil War. And what I'd like to mention is the slavery issue in 1861 was at the highest peak in our U.S. history. Uh, the plantations were going... 30% bigger than the ones up north. The more products were being produced in the south, more things were being produced. So a lot of historians thought slavery was coming to an end because of economics. But if you really look at the history, it was not economics. Economics was going full speed. Well, all the historians now look at it, what ended Slavery with the people who had Christian faith. They were the ones that were proactive. They were the ones that uh, 
lobbied. They were the one that got going in the underground. They were the ones that started political parties. They were the one that basically, as all historians would say, ended the Civil War, ended the slavery issue. So what does that mean today? It means today that those of us who have the Christian faith and believe in things, we can get things done. All we need to do is follow God's will. And I think that's a really important thing to, to consider in how we make decisions in our lives. So with that, we say a prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everybody here. Bless the opportunities we have. And ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Wonder at 
the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water, such a marvelous mystery. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, I come. 
offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful praise. If we claim to be without sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Together, let us confess our transgressions against God and neighbor together. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O oh Lord, have mercy upon us. Forgive those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O oh merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy just and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Well, there is good news. Hear the good news. Christ died for each one of us. Christ rose for every single one of us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for each one of us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. The new life has come. Believe the good news. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Amen and amen.
That's so good. It is so good to have the choir back, right? Amen? A round of applause. That's excellent. So, so good. And also, notice Danny was out in Texas, San Antonio, eating really good Mexican food. Uh, and he texted me, and yeah, he's, he's doing okay. Thank you, Tim, for covering that. Look at that. Anyway, good job. All right, World Communion Sunday. We've got five, five minutes to preach. Boom. Perfect. We got this. We're going to study a, a, a text where Jesus um, says some harsh words, but then says some big words, like uh, real inviting words. And just to set the stage, he's just given a parable about how the kingdom of God is like wheat. No, it's like, a, it's like a yeast in the dough of bread, like the, the, the raising agent. You know, it's a small little portion, and he's making the illustration, um, we as followers of Jesus. Somebody said, how many people are here? And somebody said, not enough, you know, or something like that. He's making note of that fact. He's saying that the kingdom of God, which we've all learned over and over, if you've been around here, starts the moment you put Jesus on the throne of your life and last for all of kingdom etern- uh, triumphant, eternal. So we're in the kingdom. We're kingdom people. We're set free from the slavery of this world. But we're like yeast, a small little agent in a big old dough, you know, pile of the world. And it can get discouraging. So he, he has that to say right before the, the text we're studying, and then right after, he laments. The Son of God becomes very, very sad over the fact that Jerusalem, God's city, is missing it is missing him. And so we're going to study right in between that. And it's Luke chapter 13, and it starts in verse 22. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He said to him, strive, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will enter, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the owner of the house has got up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open it to us. Then in reply, he will say to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I do not know where you come from. Go away from me, you evil, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob 
and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrown out. Then people will come from east. Then. I said there's some harsh stuff. That's where the harsh stuff. Here comes the big stuff. Then people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this table that we're approaching along with the rest of the world. I pray that you would speak through me. And all God's people said. First, Jesus is on the move. Jesus is going places. Jesus is walking around and covering ground. He's walking around and he's, he's doing stuff. He's teaching. He's, he's getting in people's lives. He's not within a church. I keep, I, that message keeps coming back. We're supposed to learn from when COVID hit and we were worshiping out there. We are the church. He's on the move. He's outside. The, he's not teaching in synagogues. He's, he's teaching out amongst the folk. Guy comes up to him and says, are only a couple people are only a few people going to be saved? He's looking around at the world, and the world's a mess. Is the world a mess still? We could still ask, ask that same question, right? Are only a few people going to be saved, Jesus? He doesn't outright just say, yeah, <laughs> go, go cry yourself to sleep on your huge pillow. Uh, he, <laughs> what does he say? He says, strive. He says, strive. When's the last time you strove? <laughs> you strived? Yeah, I think it's strived, right? Who's English? My wife's cooking soup, so strove. Okay. When's the last time you strove? No, Sharon says strove. I believe Sharon. As for me and my family, I believe Sharon. <laughs> She's English. She's English to the core. I like that. She was watching that Queen of England stuff at four in the morning. Anyway, I was a track guy. I wasn't very good. But I remember seeing really good, um, really good track stars. I went to Phillip Park High School, huge track team. We were state champs a bunch of times, and we always had these fast folk. And I remember the sprinter coach saying, if you're going to fall, fall forward. You strive. You lean in. Paul says, this, we're in a race, right? Strive. Strive for what? To be in the kingdom. Strive to have Jesus on the throne of your life. Strive to be, yes, Lord, you fill in the question. Right? 
Then what's he say next? He says, everyone's going to be surprised by who's in it. Not who you think is going to be in the kingdom of God is who's going to be in the kingdom of God. That's what he says, right? He says, don't assume. The greatest mistakes, brothers and sisters in Christ, is to assume. Jesus says over and over, I didn't come for the people that have all the answers, that have it all put together. I came for the person, man and man or woman, who has their hand open and says, I need, I need you, Lord. And then he says those wicked, harsh words. I grew up in Massachusetts. Every once in a while it comes out. There's going to be people knocking. And the father's going to say, no, no. You had all the answers. You had no need for me. There's going to be weeping. And gnashing of teeth. I just want to pause right here. You might be thinking, why is Jason preaching on this text? It's in the lectionary. That means that we, we as the worldwide church are studying it. And there's something in here God wants us to hear along with the church worldwide. And I think it's this next portion. Because then he, he, he turns. There's always this counterbalance of truth and grace and mixing them together. Them coexisting. It's like lament and joy all mixed into one. Like I read last, last week out of Ezra, when the people are praising God, there are some that are just weeping. And there are some just crying out like, God help, God help, I'm crushed. And then there's other people in the same place saying, yay, I win. And that's the people of God. And that's the kingdom Jesus is talking about. And he says, you make me throw in your life, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. You and I, we don't get to choose who's in the kingdom. He starts with, you're going to be surprised because there's a lot of people that think they're in there that aren't. And he ends with, you're going to be surprised. There's all kinds of variety. You're going to be surprised by the creativity of your King Jesus and his kingdom. There's going to be short people. There's going to be tall people. There's going to be larger people. There's going to be thin people. There's going to be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. From the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. I love that opening hymn. Because in the end, at the foot of the cross, 
in the kingdom where Jesus is, the, is on the throne of our lives, there is no north, south, east, west. Our cultures all combine and to make this super culture of no. We're in the kingdom. We have Jesus as our king. And you look exactly opposite of me. You think exactly opposite of me on a lot of different levels. But the fact that we serve the King Jesus together makes us a people. Make us one tribe, one nation. And then he ends with that kingdom principle that he taught in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's going to last for all of eternity. Who's at the front of the line in the kingdom of God? The person behind you. The person behind you. It all comes back to a call to Jesus saying to each of us, look to your right and look to your left. Are they going to be in the kingdom of God? Serve them so that they are. Amen and amen. As we move forward and continue in worship, we're in October, which means we're going to be doing Stewardship Sunday in a couple weeks. I'm still looking for a couple people starting next week to stand up in front of here for about two or three minutes right now, like right as we call for the offering, and just share what God has taught you by giving, like lessons you've learned through giving to the church. If you would like to be one of those people, talk to me after the service. If you've learned a lesson lately about how God provides right at the last second, talk to me. If you've learned from just giving faithfully for years and years and years, talk to me. Now it's part of the service where I call for our tithes and offerings. If you're listening at home, um, please mail your gifts, tithes, and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
name, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. communion Sunday. Around the world, thousands of people, brothers and sisters, are coming to the Lord's table as we do to remember our Lord and to proclaim his final victory to the world. World Communion Sunday began during World War II because it was a time 
when people were trying to hold the world together and having world communion symbolized that coming together of the whole world, something we still need in today's world. But whether it's shared in a great cathedral, a mud hut, outside on a hilltop, in a storefront, or in a parking lot in the car, we all come together. And the common communion liturgy is recited. And bread in many different forms is broken. For we are all part of the body of believers. It doesn't matter what part of the world that we hail from. God's perspective does not look at political, ethnic, cultural, or natural boundaries. From God's perspective, we are all one people, God's people. Jesus Christ invites believers from all over the world in every time and place to join us. As we open our doors and as we prepare the meal, Christ invites all, despite our differences, experiences, and pasts, to come to the table today. Will you pray with me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this sacrament of communion shared with Christians around the world. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these elements and on those who partake, that we may be your body and the representation of your covenant in our lives and throughout the world. On this World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to recognize your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Give us minds to accept and celebrate our differences. Give us hearts big enough to love all your children everywhere. We thank you for setting a table with space enough for us all where we can glorify our Savior, Jesus Christ. The grains have been harvested and the bread has been baked. The grapes have been collected from the vine and the juice has been pressed. They come together on this table for a holy purpose. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe your blessings on these common elements of bread and juice. Bring us to the table with Christ. Hear us as we declare the mystery that is our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen. On this World Communion Sunday, we remember Luke's words. People will come from east and west and from north and south and sit at table in the kingdom of God. And so we come from down the street, across the country, and around the globe. Will those bringing bread please bring them forward now? Our breads from around the world remind us of our diversity, but also of our oneness 
in Jesus Christ. And I think it's a reminder, too, of our abundance. Today, today, clergy in many lands are lifting up the bread and the cup and using the very words that we use to invite believers to share in the feast. All are reminded of Jesus' words when he gathered with his followers and he took bread, and he broke it, and he said, This is my body, broken for you. And he said, Do this in remembrance of me. So, using those words that are being used all around the world today, we say, Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Amen. After giving thanks, in the same way, he lifted up the cup. And they said, this is the cup of a new covenant. This is no longer the Passover blood over the doorpost, but my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And then Paul later adds the words to his, letter, to his letter to the Corinthian people. He says, as often as we, that's us, we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and we proclaim our salvation found in it. We also proclaim he's coming back for each and every one of us. So take, drink the cup of Christ. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, as we gather around this table, I, I'm right next to it, I smell it. <laughs> and it's glorious. And it's just a reminder that in your kingdom triumphant, we are going to be around a table, breaking bread. We'll be at the head, and we'll be drinking communion wine, and it'll be a party that'll outdo every party that's ever been. Thank you for covering our sins that day on Golgotha. May we truly be filled up by this meeting and by us gathering around this table and send us out. Send us out as people more like the people you made us to be. We gather and we, we hurt with the people in Florida. Um, I pray that you would come to their aid. We gather and we hurt on behalf of the way our country is divided. I pray that you would not only bless this country, but you would heal it. I pray that you would equip us 
to equip others. Remind us to be last. Remind us to serve. And remind us to love as you have loved us. And all God's children said, Amen. You're going to stay seated because if you've never been in the PCC, you're in for a treat because we do things a little different. We, we sing the Lord's Prayer on communion Sundays. And at the end, we stand and we gather and we go across the aisles and we hold hands. I only say that because last time there were a couple visitors and I saw the shock on their faces. <laughs> they were like, whoa, this is... So hang on to your hats and glasses, ladies and gentlemen. So stay put and just hold out your hands like this. I'll give us this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, the shalom of Christ, the wholeness, the homeness of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. Amen.